0: Good morning, church. So good to be with you. I'd like to start with uh, some pictures. A- Anyone uh, know the name of this bird here on the left <laughs> no <laughs> Anyone this is uh, called a uh, blue cap ifrit. really pretty bird beautiful bird. It has uh, this uh bluish crown around the head. it kind of um, kind of reminds me of myself with this uh, like bald spot right here in the crown right here, yeah? Love this bird, beautiful bird. Anyone know what this uh, plant here is up on the top right corner? Yes, the oleander, correct. And we have this in Hawaii, beautiful plant, the oleander plant, beautiful plant. How about this one on the bottom uh, right corner here? Anyone know the name of this uh, plant? What? Yeah, it looks like a bell, yeah? Nope, anyone else? It's called the angel's trumpet. Angel's trumpet, it's actually also in Hawaii. Beautiful plant, isn't it? Now what does all these pictures have to do with the sermon? Absolutely nothing, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, they all have something in common. And here's what they have in common. One, they are really beautiful. Every single one of these pictures, beautiful. And you will, believe it or not, every single one of these, they're highly toxic. They're highly toxic. If you touch this bird, you could experience tingling and numbness. Good thing this bird is only found in New Guinea. If you ingested even just a little of the oleander or the angel's trumpet, you can suffer serious illness even to the point of death. So make sure your kids don't like be eating plants. No good. All of these, both beautiful and highly toxic. Now, what are these? Not a trick question. These are human beings, beautiful people. We're beautiful, we're made in the image of God. The psalmist says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we are God's handiwork, beautiful. Now, people are both beautiful, and believe it or not, we are also highly toxic as well sometimes. And the toxin that I would like us to talk about this morning is the toxin of what comes out of our mouths. The toxin of our speech, the toxin of our words and the things that we say, the, to- the toxic and poisonous words that sometimes come out of your mouth and that sometimes come out of my mouth. And let's consider what the Lord has to say. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to James chapter 3. And this morning we're going to begin in verse 2. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 2. James is kind of towards the back of your Bible. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 2. And this is what it says, beginning in verse 2. Very important, listen closely. It says this, it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he or she is a perfect man or woman, able also to brittle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are controlled by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And so here, the author, James, mentions a few items. He he, he mentions a horse's bit, he mentions a rudder, and he mentions a spark of fire. And he says that each of these are quite small comparatively. They don't look like much. But the latent power of these items are not to be underestimated and he says the tongue has that kind of power and then listen carefully to what James says next beginning in verse 6 very important listen closely he says and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue, it is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so, James says. Why does James appear to be so upset here? Did he wake up on the wrong side of the bed? Did he have to take A happy pill, maybe? Did he just watch the Houston Astros lose to the Washington Nationals in the World Series, and he's bummed? Did he just get an earful from his wife for not helping out around the house before he sat down to write James chapter 3? Why is James so upset here? I think James is passionate here because he understands that there is nothing in the world that is of greater value to God than people, than you and I. In fact, people, you and I, are of such great value to God that he paid the highest price for you and I. And that high price was the priceless blood of Jesus Christ who died a painful and brutal death on the cross, and all this for you and I. And what grieves God's heart is when there is disunity, unhealthy conflict in our relationships with one another, whether it be at home, or at work, or even here at school, or in church, and nothing destroys unity faster than the unwholesome words that come out of our mouths. And I think that's why James is so fired up here. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 18 Verse 21 says, and I want you to memorize this. For the next 40 days, I I, I want you to memorize this. It's easy. Proverbs 18, 18 is a milestone for everyone. 21 is also a milestone, 21 years old. Proverbs 18, 21, very easy. And it says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let's all say it together. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. There are two options that our tongue can choose. Our tongue can choose to utter death words, and our tongue can choose to utter life words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death words are words that mean very little and do absolutely nothing but make people's day worse. And God warns us over and over again not to use death words, not to gossip, not to complain, not to criticize, not to judge, not to label, not to insult. You see, there is a real enemy out there. And his name is Satan. And his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy at all costs. And one of the primary weapons that he uses is the tongue. And the ammunition is death words. Death words mean very little and do absolutely nothing but make people's day worse. And it seems death words are being flung around more carelessly than ever before and with greater frequency than ever before. I mean, turn on the national news. All you hear are death words. One person says, I hurl these death words at you. And the other person says, oh yeah? Well, I hurl these death words back at you. Take that over and over again, day in and day out. death words, death words. And as this November 2020 election rolls around, all we will hear are death words over and over again. And our country will be divided even more than it already is. And as followers of Christ, as Christians, we need an alternative. And that alternative is life words. Life words build up and encourage. Life words have the power to make people's day better. God intends that every single one of us be people who use life-giving words to encourage one another. A well-timed, life-giving word has the power to urge someone to not give up. A well-timed, life-giving word can provide hope to a hopeless situation. A well-timed, life-giving word can spark passion in an otherwise depressed life. A well-timed, life-giving word can renew confidence when insecurities have set in. A well-timed, life-giving word can change the trajectory of a life. I have here a treasure box. It means the world to me. If my house burned down, I would grab my wife, my dogs, my computer, our marriage photo album, and this. This treasure box is filled with notes and cards and emails that my wife and I have received over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Let me just read some of them. This one says, Thomas, I wanted to write you and thank you for all you have done and continue to do for my sister and her family as well as everything you have done for me. Since becoming an adult, I have not been in touch with my religious side very much. I wanted to tell you about how seeing you and the people of Hana Christian Church has helped me to to see that God is still very important in my life. That it's more than just going to church on Sundays. It's love, kindness, and genuine compassion. I am taking the steps to have a closer relationship with God for my husband and our soon to be baby girl. And that is thanks to you and Ohana Christian Church. I know this letter, letter is something small, but no, it truly means a lot to me. Here's another one. This is from Abby. She usually sits here. She's probably serving in the children's ministry, in the nursery. Dear Uncle Thomas and Auntie Melda, I know it's a bit late, but I wanted to thank you for letting me into your home and taking care of me over the summer. You made me feel at home at a time when I felt like I didn't have anyone. I will never forget your kindness and grace. Here's another one. Now, um, this one is interesting because uh, it's from a guy. The guy's usually, hey, thanks, Brian. But this, he actually took the time and he wrote a whole letter. And he, here, here's what he wrote. He said, hey, Thomas. Originally, I planned on writing you a long time ago. But I've had difficulty in finding the right words to express my gratitude toward you. However, I think I first need to explain that while my time in Hawaii had a lot of fun activities, it was also one of the more challenging times in my life. And then he goes on to list all the challenges that he went through. And then he, he said this, he said, Basically, every area of my life seemed to be getting worse. I felt like I had stopped growing and instead was going in reverse. So for all those reasons, it meant a lot to me to be at a church as great as Ohana. Originally, I expected to do a lot of church shopping while I was there. But my first Sunday out there, I went to Ohana and knew right away that was the place I wanted to be. Everyone was so welcoming, warm, and encouraging But you in particular were awesome toward me and my brother's family. You came right up to me, right away, engaged us, and did so for the first couple months we were there. Others were very welcoming too, like Matt and Derek and Paul. But seeing that from the head pastor was especially cool. I very rarely experience a feeling of belonging at a church, so thank you for that from the bottom of my heart. In addition, I'm really grateful for the time we spent with you outside of Sunday church. It's incredibly humbling to see the church, of a, a pastor of a church literally scraping gum off the floor and setting up chairs in their exact right place every I, I'm really OCD about that, so yeah, he, he, even, he, he even noticed. <laughs> uh, setting up chairs in their exact right place every Sunday, every Saturday. Inviting me to lunch and giving me that book meant a lot to me as well. I didn't expect that at all. Also, I'm really grateful for the text of encouragement and prayer you sent me even after I left Hawaii. I think little stuff like that can make a big impact in a person's life and I know it means a lot to me. I feel truly blessed by the servant's heart God has given you. I sincerely pray that he would continue to use you to bless his people and trust entrust you with bigger and better things. This is my treasure box life giving words. You think those notes encourage me? You bet your chicken katsu curry <laughs> rice, they encourage me. You see, these notes are filled with life words. They encourage me when I'm discouraged. They energize me when I'm tired. They tell me I can do it. They spur me on. They cheer me up. They make me smile. That's the power of life words. Life words have the power to make people's day better. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have a church-wide 40-day fast coming up. Just to remind you. <laughs> it actually starts this Friday. And we're going to fast all the way up to Christmas Eve. Yeah, your first time you're here. <laughs> uh, we're going to fast all the way up to December 24. And if you haven't decided on what you're going to fast from, may I have a, I have a suggestion. May I encourage you to fast from... Death words. To fast from death words. For the next 40 days, I want to encourage you to be mindful. And when you're ready to utter words that might criticize or insult someone, I want you to just stop and take a time out. And then to kind of whisper under your breath that scripture, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life. Are in the power of the tongue. And then for the next 40 days, I want you to bless others with life giving words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Church, Our words are powerful. Our words have the power to encourage or to discourage. Let us be ambassadors of Christ. Let's stop using words that discourage and instead use words that encourage. There is power in our words. Our words have the power to bless and to curse. Let's be ambassadors of Christ. Let's stop using words that curse and instead let's use words that bless. Church, there is power in our words. Our words have the power to build up and to tear down. Let's be ambassadors of Christ and let's stop using words that tear down and instead let's use words that build up. There is power in our words our words have the power to heal and to hurt let's be ambassadors of christ let's stop using words that hurt and instead let's use words that bring healing there is much power in our words our words have the power to inspire and to dampen one's spirit. Let us be ambassadors of Christ. And let's stop using words that dampen people's spirit. And instead, let's use words that inspire. There is power in our words. Our our words have the power to make people's day better and to make people's day worse. Let's be ambassadors of Christ. Let's stop using words that make people's day worse. And instead, let's use words that make people's day better. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say it with me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Let us pray.